kind of a sobering statistic as we uh, move from talking about life that we experience here and how sometimes that isn't always recognized as life. Jesse shared a little bit about uh, surrendering the secret and the ministry of that. And uh, I know uh, several of the leaders from that ministry personally, and I'd just like to encourage you, if, if that is your narrative, um, it's a confidential group, they would love to chat, Jesse would love to chat with you a little bit about that, about how you can experience freedom today. Before we uh, dive into the final leg of our sermon series, I wanted to just invite you for a moment to pray. We have been in kind of a heavy series and one that has not been always feel good as we've talked about the reality of life after death. As Tom unpacked last week, the reality of both heaven and hell or uh, put a different way, entering into life after death in the eternal presence of God or in the eternal absence of God. And I've been around the block long enough to know that uh, not everybody in this room, not everybody in this room has family who knows Christ. I've also been around the block long enough to know that there is fairly significant potential that not everybody in this room knows Christ. And before we uh, dive into the message today, I just wanted to invite you, if, if you have loved ones who don't know the Lord, who you're not sure about, I would just invite you to slip your hand into the air. And I know that I am putting you out on the spot right now, but I want to pray for you. And I want your church family to pray for you. And uh, don't put those hands down yet. You're going to leave them up for just a moment. I'm not going to be able to pray for all of you by name. And those of you that are worshiping at home, I want to pray for your loved ones. And uh, God is able. No matter how far no matter how far one may be from the presence of knowing the presence of God, there is nothing that separates us from the love of God. And we're going to be in Second uh, Peter today. And to the Lord, a day is as a thousand years. God's desire is that all would come to salvation. Holy God, we praise you. God, in your mercy and in your grace, Lord, we lay those that are on our minds right now at your feet. Those that you have entrusted to our care, Lord, we lay them back at your feet again. God, my prayer this morning is the, to unite in the prayers of the saints, that they who do not yet know you would know your grace today, that they would experience the love and mercy and transformative power of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Lord, that you are not bound by time or matter or space, that you are above all and in all and through all, that you are the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. And Lord, that you hold the keys of hell and death. And Father, that our loved ones would know you right now wherever they may be. And Lord, that we would know you again right now. 
that we would not read or hear about revivals sparking around the world, but that we would experience the revival of the Holy Spirit in this place, in this time, right now, in the name of Jesus. That every knee would bow and every tongue confess that you are Lord of lords and King of kings. Father, forgive us where we have sinned against you and against others. And Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart bring glory to your name right now. Rescue our loved ones. And use us as living vessels being poured out as drink offerings to advance your kingdom. In the name of the one who sent me free. Amen. The Lord has not given up on them. I would invite you to be diligent in prayer. I had a professor at Asbury, uh, Dr. Stamps, Mm -hmm. who uh, his good friend was Dr. Bob Tuttle, Bob Stamps and Bob Tuttle, two of the funniest men I know. Love the Lord. Uh, You give Tuttle a couple of moments with somebody and they come to Christ right now. It's amazing. Just talks about how people's lives have been transformed by the gospel over and over and over again. And they shared with us at uh, one of my classes, we were talking about, um, actually we were talking about the sacraments and and how we experience the very real presence of God among them. And the two men uh, came on and they were talking about their children And both of them had a child who had wandered away from the faith. Both of them had children who who had wandered away from the faith in every single Thursday. Now these are, I mean, Bob Stamps and Bob Tuttle were not young when I had them as professors. They are old men now. (laughs) Every Thursday they prayed together. Husbands and wives prayed together for the salvation of their children. Every single week, regardless of where they were in the world. And I would invite you to be diligent in prayer for your loved one's salvation. Do not grow weary in well-doing, as the scripture says, but continue to labor on until the day of salvation comes so that they and you would know it. Today we're going to be looking at uh, two very specific passages in scripture. We're going to be looking at three very specific things. We're going to look at the reality that the goal is our guide that the meltdown is our motivator, and finally, that the time is today. If you didn't bring your Bibles with you, I'd invite you to grab a Bible. They're located in the pews. I think they're actually underneath your seats, uh, not in front of your seats, but there's a Bible around you. If you didn't bring one with you today, I'd invite you to to grab a Bible. And um, we're going to be in Revelation chapter 20. We're going to look at the end of the story to find a little bit about the guide, and then we're going to be in Peter's second letter to the churches. So uh, before we go much further, I want to share a brief story with you. How many of you remember the date January 27th, 1991? Some of you were like, I wasn't even born. Some of you remember. If you remember, you know exactly what I'm going to talk about. The time was about uh, 10 o'clock in the evening, and uh, one of the most holy men that I know or have known was my father. And my dad uh, loved the Lord. He served the church, and he was just a man of grace, It didn't matter what time or what problem I found myself in or what time I got home. When I came home in handcuffs, my dad, well, my dad was the one that sent me back to jail, actually. But that's a story for another day. But my dad loved me even through all of those mistakes, right? He understood what it was to have received grace and to give grace. He was holy. Well, about 10 o'clock at night, I saw hell come down. 
as Norwood missed the field goal at the end of the Bills' first Super Bowl. And my dad went from being a saintly man to an aintly man real quick. And I, that, has, that image and that, that thought has never escaped me. And I'm going to share a little bit more about that later, but, but some of you might be experiencing that right now. I think that's a little bit of why the Bills lost last week, was, uh, so that, or two weeks ago, so I didn't have to go through that uh, same experience. But um, some of you have experienced what it is to uh, fall, to make mistakes, and some of you have engaged in mistakes that you think are unforgivable. And I want to tell you that God's grace is always available and that God is always faithful. When the, we understand what the goal is, it becomes our guide. One of the things the church has lost in the 21st century, and our hope is to, to help to bring this back, is an affirmation of the faith to return to our orthodox roots and to, to preach the gospel, all of it, not just the pieces we like, not to give a watered-down gospel so that at the end of the day when our mortality becomes our reality, we're like, I didn't know. No, that's not our hope. Our hope is to give you everything so that the Spirit of God might do amazing work in your lives. Olivia preached a wonderful sermon a couple of weeks ago on the significance of truth and abiding in the truth and about being in the word of God as she unpacked John's gospel for a few moments for us. And Tom last week, as he, as he bridged the gap between life and death and what takes place afterwards and the reality of heaven and hell. Hear these words from uh, John's revelation at the end of chapter 20. And I want to just read this for you as we talk about our goal, Right? We all have goals in life. We all have things in life. And if you don't have a goal in life, I'd invite you right now to maybe be intentional at, at getting a goal. But hear this. It says, then I saw a great white throne. Remember, John is having a revelation from God. And uh, he's been instructed to write this down. He was uh, quarantined. Uh, true story. He was quarantined on the island of Patmos. But uh, unlike our quarantine, he was dipped in boiling oil before he got there. Has this vision. It says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated upon it, earth and sky fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. It says, The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and the death. And death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what he had done. The scripture says, the word of God says, Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the fire. I don't, I don't know about you, but my guess is your desire is that when you stand before the glorious Lord, the righteous judge, that you would want to find your name written in the book of life. Amen? One of you was listening. Perfect. My guess is that you don't want to find your name not written in the book of life or those of your loved ones that we just prayed for. 
When we understand what our goal is, and it's not that we work our way into this book of life because there's nothing you or I can do to position ourselves into that book. It has all been done by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. But at the end of the day, we want to know that our name is in that book. I officiated yet again at a funeral for a person in our community on Friday, and the reality of death became very evident as we stand there together. My prayer is really simple. That we wouldn't wonder, but that we would know. And that we would press on, as St. Paul said, towards that prize. I want to share with you from uh, Viktor Frankl, the late Jewish psychiatrist who was quoting uh, Frederick Nietzsche. Any philosophers out there? None. Okay, good. So uh, this is perfect then. But Nietzsche said, uh, he who has a why to live... By the way, Nietzsche was an atheist. Apostate. Ran away from the church. Grew up in a, in a, in a church that didn't know really what grace was, I don't think. And fled that. Wanted nothing to do with the gospel he had heard. But Nietzsche said this, he who has a why to live for can bear with almost any how. When we have a purpose in life, when we have a a mission in life, we can navigate almost anything that life presents towards us. And that's coming from the man who did not believe in God. Viktor Frankl, remember, was a Jewish psychiatrist who found himself in a Nazi concentration camp during World War II. Frankl found an understanding of the meaning and the importance of having a sense of purpose while he was separated from his wife and his family. From that experience, he noticed that people who had a strong sense of purpose could bear the cruelty of those camps better than those who felt they had less of a meaning for being. Do you have something to live for? If your answer to that question this morning is no, I'd invite you to understand the very real presence of God and to know that no matter how deep I dive into this book, the same exact message comes out every single week, that God loves you, that God loves you. And once we understand that God loves us, change begins to happen. St. Paul said it this way in Philippians chapter 3. He said, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. Some of you need to hear these words right here. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead I press on towards the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. God has a purpose for your life. No matter how old or how young, how big or how small, the scripture reveals very clearly that God desires relationship with you and with I. You and me, not I there. 
So what do we do once we understand the significance of the goal? There's a statement that uh, some of you that are in sales will understand this next statement. A goal once achieved no longer motivates. A goal once achieved no longer motivates. That prize which we are striving towards, we cannot obtain upon this side of eternity, but we can fully experience the presence of his reality now. If you brought your Bibles, I'd invite you to turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. And uh, this is very important context. A text without a context is a pretext for anything you might want it to be, right? So these next few verses that we're going to look at, you've got to understand that, that Peter's writing the letter to a group of people who have been false, have been uh, taught by false teachers, or people who have distorted the truth, right? People who have watered down the gospel. Maybe you've fallen victim to that at times. And Peter's writing this letter to you right now about what will happen and how we are to live our lives. Peter says this at the uh, 10th verse, and we're going to carry it to the end of the chapter. It's actually the end of the book. So in your, in your pew Bibles or in the Bibles that you brought with you or on your smartphones or however you're going to get there, I'd invite you to follow along with me this morning. It says this, Since, uh, But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. In other words, there's going to be a meltdown. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? Peter's asking a very specific question. And I want to invite you to this thought for just a moment. If the Lord returned right now, because the scripture makes it clear that we have no idea when that will happen, but it's coming very soon. If the Lord will return right now, would you be ready? And if your answer to that question is, I think so, then we've got some work to do. If your answer to that question is, absolutely I would be, praise God. And if your answer is, absolutely not, then we've got some work to do also, right? Peter continues to say this. He says, uh, you ought to live holy and godly lives. If you want to know what it is to be ready for the day of the Lord, there's your answer. We need to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Peter knew John. See, when you read the end of the story in Revelation, you read a very similar narrative. Divinely inspired by the Spirit of God. Behold, I make all things new. Oh, up every tear from your eye. No more disease. No more sickness. Praise God, no more stinking masks. Everything will be made new. And when the Lord says that, you can take it to the bank. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience 
means salvation. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote you with the wisdom that God gave him, he writes the same way in all of his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort as they do, not, as they do the other scriptures to their own destruction. Remember, Peter is writing a letter to a group of people who are, are being taught, if you will, by false teachers, people who are leading them astray. He's bringing them back on course. And then he says this, therefore, and whenever there is the word therefore in the scriptures, you need to ask the question, what is it therefore? It says, therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men's. And this next few words is some of the most difficult ones in all of scripture. One of the most, some of the most difficult words in all of Scripture. And hear these words carefully and understand that the Lord loves you in the process. So that you might not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. Some have falsely taught. Some have falsely taught a doctrine of once saved, always saved. And the scriptures just made it crystal clear that our lives are very, very important and how we live them is very important so that we don't fall from our secure position. The meltdown becomes our motivation to stay in love with God. And then he says this, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So how do we not fall from our secure position? We grow. In grace and in knowledge. To him be glory both now and forevermore. Amen. We must be ready at all times, in all places. I want to share with you just a, a brief excerpt from the Didache. And uh, for those of you that are, are history, early church uh, buffs, you'll appreciate this. For others, the, the Didache was the, the first catechism. It was the first teachings of the uh, early church, circulated throughout the churches. Uh, you're, you can read it. it. It's very readily available. There's 16 chapters to it, and it talks about how to live a holy life with God. It talks about how, how, what we believe and why we believe it and how our lives really do matter and what we do really does matter. Written by the apostles. It says this, it says in the 16th chapter, watchfulness for the Lord's coming. It says, watch, your, watch for your life's sake. Let not your lamps be quenched nor your loins unloosed. You can answer that question later, parents. But be ready. For you know not the hour in which the Lord comes. 
My quote came all messed up, actually. So uh, it did not transfer like it was supposed to in the printer. So the, the short version is, we must be ready at all times because we do not know when the, Lord, the day of the Lord is coming. But it will come very quickly and we must be ready. Because the time is today. I want to leave you with just one thought as we get ready to come to this table. And it's that your life matters. How you live your life matters. And God has given you everything you need, the scripture says, for life and for godliness. If you're struggling with identity right now, if you have this sense of anxiety internally, which comes from uncertainty, you can know the fullness of our Lord and Savior today. My dad, I've shared multiple times uh, kind of his narrative. My dad wasn't holy that evening, that Sunday night, as we watched Super Bowl 25 come to a, a close. And the next morning, I got up for school, and my dad, uh, as he always did, met us at the kitchen table studying the Word of God. And he said this, Joe, I have sinned against God and against you for my actions last night. Would you forgive me? And I saw again what it is to live a holy life in this state of ebbing and flowing between repentance and living in grace. And when my dad died, he had an assurance of his salvation. He knew exactly what was taking place and exactly where his name was. Do you know Jesus? Have you experienced the grace of God, the communion of the Holy Spirit, and the love of our Heavenly Father? Holy God, we thank you and we praise you for today. Lord, your word is not always easy to hear. But God, would you position our hearts towards you again this morning? that we might grow in grace and knowledge, that we might run from our sinful ways into the arms of our loving Savior, our holy, good God. Lord, that our lives might be an offering to others so that they too may experience your grace. May your word be our guide. May the reality of the meltdown become our motivator. And may the time be today. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.